What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. And with me today is always my main man, Coach Jibs. What is going on, Jabron? I would be better if my dog wasn't barking. But other than that, I am doing fantastic. I believe me, I get that. I'm actually, if you guys don't see my background, I'm in a different location today, so I might have a dog also barking. So we'll see how it goes today, guys. But uh, we got to talk to you guys about some our next segment in our Dynasty Rewind here, the AFC South. Basically, we're going to go through, if you have been haven't been listening, uh, you know, we're just kind of going through some important dis- topics in, in this division here and how they kind of relate to your fantasy teams and what you need to do if you're, you know, you play Dynasty right now. So, uh, we appreciate you for tuning in today. We are live today on, obviously, YouTube. We are live on Twitter. We are live on Facebook. We are live on ColorCast. And if you guys aren't using ColorCast, you probably should. Uh, you know, we partner up with our uh, Unwrap Sports uh, Network team here to kind of uh, do this color casting. It's really cool. It's fun. It's another way to kind of enjoy, uh, you know, football and any other kind of sport you want to listen to. Uh, it's a nice way you can kind of listen to it on your phone, but also by doing other things. So, uh, download that at ColorCast on um, your Apple or Play Store, whatever you use. So let's kind of get into the topic today, Jibs. Of course, I'm bringing back the slides. So if you guys are viewing us live, you should definitely check it up on YouTube uh, for sure. And you get to see our cool sh- slides we have prepared for you today. And we're going to get right into it, guys. So obviously, we're always going to start with the news. And of course, the Super Bowl winners, LA Rams here. Congratulations to them. I didn't win any money, Jibs. I don't know if you won any money. If if you enjoyed the Super Bowl in general, tell, tell us about it, man. You're mute, my friend. Well, while Jibs figures out his mute button situation, guys, uh, the Super Bowl, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I got to spend my time with some family, you know, got to, you know, eat a little, drink a little, you know, have a little fun. That's... Uh, one one. Everything else was kind of a dud, kind of missed out. But it's always good fun just to kind of enjoy watch Super Bowl. Got the cool to see some cool trailers and whatnot. Definitely a really cool time on that. So, uh, going over the next topic. Obviously, if you did watch the Super Bowl, guys, you know that Odell Beckham did leave with an injury and he has a torn ACL. That is the second time he's done that in the last three years now. So the the situation with Odell and we're probably getting to him when we talk about the AFC, uh, NFC West uh, division but yeah it's definitely a major blow i mean at this point no one is probably going out there and wanting to acquire Odell you know he's coming back possibly to the Rams we don't know yet as possibly the third wide receiver on their team here if you have him on your team you didn't sell him while he was making uh, a pretty decent run in fantasy you're kind of uh kind of sh- you know shit out of luck at this point you're going to have to hold on to him and see what happens Jibs, are you back? Still not back. All right, you keep working on it. I'm just going to keep running through the news here. So uh, if you guys haven't been also listening on Twitter, Twitter's a great place to find fantasy content for sure and fantasy news. Uh, the Colts are expected to either release or trade Carson Wentz this offseason here. Now, the situation is that by March 18th, the Colts must do something. Uh, if not, they're going to have to uh, eat his $14 million signing bonus or bonus uh, on that date following. If not... They're going to either have to release him, and that would be about $15 million they would lose out on their salary cap. So they have a lot of decisions to make. Over $29 million or $15 million is kind of what you're looking at here. So we all know that Carson Wentz didn't really perform that well in the playoffs, and it's – oh, not in the playoffs. He didn't make the playoffs. But in the regular season, especially for fantasy, so it's not a big surprise that, you know, he isn't doing what he should be doing. So 
It's unfortunate. And I think we got Jibs back here now. So, Jibs, I want to run through the things that we already talked about real quick. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, shout out to the Rams. I missed out on uh, 11 like parlay just because Joe Mixon couldn't get more than nine and a half receiving yards. He had six uh, receptions for like a yard or two yards. It was crazy. So like, other than that, I think I won like a couple of bets, nothing crazy, but eh, it is what it is. Good game. And the Bengals got robbed. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they kind of did, unfortunately, you know, you know, that penalty uh, on that fourth down play, it is what it is, unfortunately. But, you know, T. Higgins also, that big touchdown, that, that face mask was pretty big. Not No call either. So it's unfortunate. And then, obviously, the scary moment during the game where Joe Burrow, I guess I should have put this before the Colts thing, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, that knee injury, that looked really scary at one point. I, my heart dropped. I was like, oh, man, that's going to kill our fantasy teams. But apparently he suffered a knee injury, but he should be fine. No, no off-season or surgery required. Just some rehabbing, and he should be good to go. But the Bengals listen to basically everyone in the league or anyone in any kind of media universe go get some offensive line help for Joe Burrow. So, all right. So let's get into our first team of the day, guys. It's the Indianapolis Colts. And we have some things to talk about the Colts here. And, of course, it's Carson Wentz. So I didn't get into too much with Carson Wentz, or maybe I did personally, but you know you didn't, Jibs. So with Carson Wentz, now that you've, this recent news, what do you expect out of Carson Wentz moving forward? Do you expect him to see another starting gig next season here, or are we kind of you lost your chance with Carson Wentz, and now you have a guy who would be a backup or maybe not even play in the NFL next year? I think he's starting to trend towards a premier or legit like backup quarterback. I think the league in general, and they're low on him regardless. So, like, I know there's a lot of teams that are kind of looking for a quarterback and could, could get that stopgap, and he could fill in pretty well. And then there's a lot of other names that are pretty trash. Like, if you see the quarterback free agency list, like, I think what, Teddy Bridgewater is leading the cream of the crop. So, like, that ain't really attractive at all. So, I think a team would probably jump on him. But I just hope he just is more motivated as a starting quarterback. Like, he just doesn't seem like – he wants to rely on his teammates as much, and he just kind of wants to do the hero ball tendencies like he was in Philadelphia, and that kind of just leads to some disarray. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of sucks for him, but I'm I'm kind of glad we moved on from him. Yeah, I kind of I'm I'm glad for you guys to think Jalen Hurts is just in general a better quarterback for you. Well, I mean, we'll see, but. The way you have to look at Carson Wentz right now is that, you know, before this news broke, I was like, all right, he has an opportunity still. You know, he was QB 10 at one point. There were some positives to his game. I mean, he has, I didn't realize this when I was looking at his, you know, doing some research on him, but he's averaged about 22 turnovers a season. Like, that's that's a big amount there. Uh, it's it's strange that it's the fumbles. It's, he just continues to fumble the ball, like, year after year, and it just... It, it's to the point where he might have one more chance. Maybe the Colts, not the Colts, he's gone down with the Colts, basically. The Steelers, maybe. Uh, maybe the Bucks. you know, they go that direction. Maybe some team, he might have one last shot. So if you want to go and buy low on that situation based off this high news, that's great. But you're not, if you're, if you have him, you're not getting the value off or selling him. So you might as well hold on to him and wait till he finds a new team. So it's kind of a, it's a tricky situation. But personally, I just don't see him being a guy who ends up making that back that top 10 run 
in terms of dynasty. I think his his time is kind of gone, and he's kind of in that middle to late QB2 tier kind of uh, quarterback right now. All right, so let's get over to the next guy. Someone who was throwing to him all season long, and someone who I was a, a big fan of, and it was Michael Pittman Jr. Jibs. And Michael Pittman, I really came into his own as the wide receiver one for this Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts team here. But do you see him ascending into that top 10 right now? I mean, maybe you have him as a top 10. Probably not. I don't. But could he get there with another season next this year coming up? I think he could definitely build on his slate from what he did last year and progress more towards, a, I guess, a top 15 position in my mind as a wide receiver. But, yeah, I, I like this opportunity because – T.Y. Hilton kind of showed like the decline this year. You also seen like old reliable pieces like Jack Doyle and whatnot just not be good on a consistent basis. The only thing that kind of worries me is like their kind of offensive philosophy and like how they, I don't know if it was a Carson Wentz thing, but they like to spread the ball out and that could get tricky some, but obviously Michael Pittman is the lead guy there. I don't think T.Y. has much left on his threads. Uh, Zach Pascal and what was it, Dublin or whatever. Uh, Doolin, I don't think they're going to be much big threats, even if a new quarterback comes into the situation. So I, I like Micah Pittman as a value, and I don't really see him um, having a change of quarterback deter his uh, 2022 outlook. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you with, with Michael Pittman Jr. right now. Honestly, I'm still trying to acquire him as many places as I can. I know his quarterback situation is very unknown at the moment here. It's unfortunate for a guy who's so talented he had to deal with, you know, ending Phillip Rivers, uh, up and down Carson Wentz, and then I don't know, I mean, who's going to be the next guy that comes in there? That's that's going to be the big question here, and, and we'll find out, obviously, someone over this offseason and likely before the NFL draft, so we'll see how that works, but he, I think he has the talent to get there, and it just depends on who the quarterback situation is. I mean, it would be really wild if a like, guy like Aaron Rodgers ends up going there and they find a way to get a couple more receivers there and they have Michael Pittman. But and he was someone who you know was building off his rookie year, and he really came out this season here and, and took that big step here. And you saw when he had a quarterback that actually could throw the ball out and about. I mean, he was a top ten wide receiver his first nine games, and then the second half kind of came, and you know he just didn't get those touchdowns. And the Colts really didn't push the ball downfield. They were running with Jonathan Taylor all all second half of the season here. So there's, he still ended up having some pretty good outings. It just wasn't a an outing where he scored a touchdown, so it made his stats look really low, but he's definitely someone who is going to be their number one target, guy who's going to probably see 130 targets next year, and hopefully they can find him a quarterback that works, but he's definitely someone who could reach that, that status there for sure. All right, so over to the next team on our list here. I didn't really have anything because I think we both can agree Jonathan Taylor is like the RB1 in Dynasty right now. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, I don't think he could get him. Yeah, you probably can't. I thankfully I got him last year somehow, but I think at this point no one wants to get rid of Jonathan Taylor for any sorts of dollar amount. So we didn't really want to go into too much detail with that. So, but there's a team that we have a lot of questions about, <laughs> and it's and it's the Indianapolis Colts here now, guys. And we'll start with the main man, who's been the talk of Houston over the last year, and Deshaun Watson. And and if you guys don't, I'm sure you guys all know, but. Obviously, Sean Watson is dealing with some legal off-the-field issues right now, and he didn't obviously play this past season here, mostly because you know, he didn't want to play for the Texans anymore. He's pretty much done. But again, that looming situation as the, in the Dynasty League right now where your quarterback could miss another season, 
or could be on a new team next year and be perfectly fine and end up being another top five option for you in in Dynasty. But, you know, Jibs, we've asked this question about three or four times over the last year now. At this point now, what do you do with a guy like Sean Watson? If you have him, hold him. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what the value is out there going for him right now. I know in the beginning of last season, like when we were doing some startup dynasty drafts, people were just going gun heavy, trying to just get him for like cheap, super flex starting option, even knowing the situation. Like I'll say even, um, I guess like fourth round or so like earlier, but then like they kind of got back a couple rounds eventually, but Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't want him on my team, and I wouldn't want to try to go get him either because I just don't want to be rely on uh, something good going because I don't even think, like, there's a lot of bad things going on with the situation, and I don't think there's a lot of good things that could come out for the outcome, and I just don't want a guy clogging up my bench. So, um, and, I, and I definitely get your point on that for sure. I know, I know Milo agrees with you, but for me – it's like I always want to take the best value for a player and sell it off that way. I hate selling low on a player. And unfortunately, this is a weird situation with Sean Watson. I mean, if you guys haven't heard, uh, at the end of January, there was an article that came out about his lawyer. And basically, you know, they're still working on interviewing a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, basically, uh, I can't think of the legal term for it for some reason, but a bunch of women that, uh, you know, you know, accused Sean Watson of, the, of these charges right now. And they're almost done. And his uh, disposition is supposed to begin at the end of February, which basically means it's, it's going to trial finally. And it's going to come up with some, some kind of decision here. So we might actually find out before the league year, maybe before the draft, possibly uh, about Deshaun Watson, whether or not he's going to be in a quarterback or not at this point. And I feel like if you're going to give up Deshaun Watson, you still want to get at least a first. I think at minimum, that's that's what you should get you might be only able to get a first from the player, especially maybe a rebuilding team that might have taken the shot on Sean Watson. But we all know his talent is almost two first and, and a player, at least. Uh, so it's really up to you and how you feel about your dynasty team. If you want to give up a guy with a ton of potential, but obviously a ton of risk, that, that's kind of the way I see it right now. So for me personally, I, I'm holding Sean Watson and I'm, I'm taking that risk there. But if you don't want to, if you want to get out of it, at least try to get a late first back out of it if you can, and and hope that that you can convince your your other league mates that hey, he has a chance to play. You, this is the risk about giving up a first round pick for him. You might be able to get away with the first out of him. So it's kind of why I say, yeah, be a politician. You know, <laughs> take case as much as you can because Sean Watson's going to have to. So all right, over to his replacement in Houston, Davis Mills. Uh, and Davis Mills, fourth-round pick out of the 2021 draft. It was actually the Houston Texans' first pick in the entire draft because they didn't have the first three picks thanks to them going to Miami. Uh, Davis Mills had kind of pretty much an up-and-down start to his career so far uh, in his rookie season. But, you know, is he somebody that's intriguing to maybe go out and buy on the low right now, Chips? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he has. I think he's interesting. Like if you're trying to get like a cheap option in a super flex league, one QB league's probably not. But if he could get the starting job for two years, I think you kind of can make out on getting like a little buy low opportunity on him. But I just don't know. 
Um, like, it's, this is all, like, how you feel about the situation in Houston. And, like, Lovey Smith's been a head coach two times already in this NFL league. And, like, you don't really get that many chances. So this is his third rodeo. And he is with the upstart Texans who have been, like, kind of the model franchise of his, like, dysfunction in, like, the last couple of years. So I don't know if he's going to, like, lean on him per se for, like, the short term. I guess short term being, like, a year or so year two but he's an interesting cat though like he proved it in the last stretch of the season like, i know we were talking about him on the waiver wire he was performing so give him like another couple of starts and maybe a whole season he could probably be a quarterback that we're talking about like in a mid qb to range given the opportunity that he has in the garbage time available for him yeah, no, I get your point. It's definitely not a big, you know, like, oh, my God, I want to go out there and get Davis Mills situation. But it's definitely there's definitely a part where getting him at for, like, a second-round pick, if you're in a super flex league, makes somewhat sense. He's yeah, going to yeah, start sure. quarterback next year. Like, he's probably going to be. There's no doubt they need to give him an opportunity. I don't think Houston's has the talent around him to go out and say, let's go get another quarterback right now, where Mills showed us enough at the end of the season. I mean, Again, he was a top 10 QB the final five weeks of the season here. He showed us something. You know, he, tur- he cut down on the turnovers. He had more 300-yard games. He had a couple t- double-digit, uh, not double-digit, but two-plus touchdown games. He had some moments to him. So if you're looking for a quarterback to take a low risk but possibly high upside or at least moderate upside, I think Davis Mills gives that opportunity for you. You would have to assume Houston's going to go out and get better talent overall in the offense. It might not be, you know, like I like Devonte Adams or anything like that, but you're going to get better talent than what you saw this year. It just won't be Brandon Cooks this coming season here, and a couple other guys we'll mention in a minute here now. But there's possibility for him to to be somewhat of a reliable quarterback. I know I just really I would be so shocked at this point if Houston takes a quarterback in the first round of this draft here. They have so many keys. They they spent the pick on him. Let him give him the opportunity to to, to be the guy. So. All right, and then the next one here is another rookie quarter, another rookie, and I actually went with two here, Jibs. And um, I don't know how much you know about Brevin Jordan personally, and but you know you had to come up with something for Houston to be talking about them. But you know, and I guess in a tight end premium leagues where they get extra points or whatever it may be, you need just a tight end in general. Tight ends are a dime a dozen. Uh, does Brevin Jordan in- intrigue you as a developmental guy to go out and get? Oh yeah, of course. Think of, like, the tight end situation in Houston. They have, like, some old cats there. And I know they they do get utilized well. It's just that they uh, – just like the Miami situation, there's just a bunch of them. So, I think Darvin Jordan definitely came on later in the season. Like, you see the stats right there. And he can be a guy that Davis Mills could be relied relying on. Like, I know they also had, like, another um, younger guy. It was a Khalil Waring or something. I don't know if he's still on the team anymore, but – might have been on the IR, if I'm not mistaken. Might be on the IR, so like, we'll see what happens with him, too, and like how that will like change the situation with the um, tight end room. But I, I like what I saw. I mean, he's a big tight end, and he can be utilized in the red zone. And Nico Collins, yes. Like, you, were, you were beating the pan, uh, beating the drum pretty hard on him in the offseason last year, and he, he showed up last year, and especially late. So I, I, I'm, so, I'm sad I sold on him midseason. For uh, I think I don't know what I sold them for. I'm gonna have to look it up. But you, you could like, go on and uh, tell the, the audience about Nico. 
Yeah, so these guys, you know, I think they're good by low options. Obviously, they there's a ton of opportunity for Houston's passing offense here, and both these guys could have opportunity. Reverend Jordan was that developmental guy who was a very athletic, uh, someone who produced really well in college. I think he had like 500 yards in his uh, 580-some yards in his senior year at Miami. And, you know, he was someone who was going to develop. He's not one of those, like, dual blocking tight ends guy. He's more of, like, an athletic, almost like a wide receiver. But he performed to some extent that showed us flashes, like, hey, Houston needs a tight end. And they went out and got this guy with their, I believe it was their second pick in the draft here. And he could be someone that ends up, you know, taking another step in their de- his development this coming season here. I mean, we can't. Have, Houston can't have Jordan Aikens being their starting tight end again next year. It just is just not obviously working with him. And Nico Collins, yeah, he didn't really, you know, he didn't really see. He got hurt at some point, so he missed a bunch of time here. So his development kind of got delayed here. But and like Jib said, he showed some flashes at the, at the end of the season that gives him the opportunity. And I think both these guys for late thirds, uh, third round picks in general, might be able to be worth going out there and grabbing uh, again. Third round picks are a dime a dozen. I mean, these guys are in the NFL and possibly seeing opportunity in 22. It's worth taking a shot on. I sold them for a second round pick and Randall Cobb before the season started. Okay. A second round pick's not horrible. I mean, you you got yeah. better out of it. Top top second round pick, so that's even uh, better. We drafted them probably mid third or so. so. Yeah, probably. That's I mean, that's good value at the time for him. So yeah, I mean, we'll see if that backfires in the future but for right now it's it's a good it's a good deal loving some cobs oh yeah all right so over to the next team here it's the tennessee titans and the tennessee titans uh you know what can they say you know first round knockout but we gotta talk about some of their star players here because they definitely didn't live up to the expectation that we all had um going into the season here for sure and it begins with ryan Tannehill. while he finished at scooby 13 it didn't really feel like we had the Ryan Tannehill we had the last year and a half at Tennessee. You know, it wasn't someone who was like, this year I was like, oh, Ryan Tannehill really helped me win my week here. Like, he did that in the past, but this year was different. It didn't feel like he was really helpful to a lot of fantasy owners. And I don't know about you, you know, we've seen him time in his time in Miami where he was was kind of back then, was mediocre, and now he went to Tennessee and was kind of a, above average. You know, where do you see Tannehill moving forward right now? You know, QB eight think, two se- yeah. like a, like the last two seasons before this year. Like, can he still be that, or is he not that anymore? I think he can be that, but I think he just came back to reality. I feel like the last two seasons was really like kind of like a dream season for him. Like, he was a very efficient quarterback in fantasy. Like, he wasn't giving you that much volume, pass volume, but he was getting the touchdowns and he was making it count where where it matters. So. Um, I think he kind of – the interceptions definitely caught up with him this year. He had – what was it, say 17 over there? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, he had 15. 15. 15 interceptions, which is more than he had – that's basically two times what he had last year. He had seven in 2020, so – I just think that caught up with him, and then he just didn't get lucky with the touchdowns. He had Derrick Henry basically clawing and grabbing so many touchdowns before he got injured in Week 10. And then after that, he basically was kind of left short with um, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones being out of the lineup. 
either simultaneously or just alternating at times. So he just got kind of unlucky with that. I know the playoffs is the playoffs, and that was just a horrendous showing, and he deserves to be kind of goaded for that. But I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be exactly where he's at. He's going to be that fringe QB starting quarterback that you're going to be wanting on your fantasy roster, and that's that. Right. Like anything changes for the situation. All right. I, I think he he I think he's still that guy we saw last year, like that fringe guy, like you mentioned here. And, and you saw early on in the season he was QB ten. I mean, it didn't feel like he was QB ten, but he was QB ten. And you know, he dealt with situations all season. You lose Derrick Henry. That that's a big blow. You know, the offense ran through Derrick Henry with Ryan Tannehill being efficient. That kind of went away with Ryan Tannehill just stopped being efficient, and there was no Derrick Henry. And then, you know, AJ Brown was kind of in and out of lineup most of the season here. Julio was definitely in and out all season long. If these guys come back healthy next year, there's a good chance Ryan Tannehill kind of rebounds to what we saw in 2020 and 20, part of 2019 then with this 2021 season here. And it's a good time to go out and buy Ryan Tannehill right now. I don't think he has the same the same value as he had a year ago. All right. So over to the king himself, Derrick Henry. And I had to get that Josh Norman truck uh, photo in his uh, in his slide here. So Derrick Henry, you know, he, he broke his foot this season here. He did come back for the playoff game, which was a bonus. But he's going to be 28 years old here, Jibs. We all know about how running backs are. The older they get, the basically they fall, fall apart. But is he still – can he can still be an elite guy next year? He's, he's someone – Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I still think he could be a elite guy next year, and I don't know if you want to go selling him off due to his age yet. I still think he still has maybe a season or two left, but if I'm like a rebuilding team, I'll definitely want to sell him off and try to recuperate some assets because he's still going to be valued as a high-end running back, but... I'm not going to be trying to make any moves before the NFL draft and even after NFL draft. I think I'd rather like sell Derrick Henry in season where, you know, like it's just, he's that guy, he's putting up these stats and you actually could get a feel on if there's actually any prospects from the draft that you like that you could actually have some good time evaluating on and you could take chances on that rather than just kind of blind getting blind picks and, doing it that way so that's my opinion on Derrick Henry if you're a contending team and you feel like you could get that uh one piece that could allow you to take that next step hey take a shot but I know um Derrick Henry is still going to be fetching a serious value I think right and I think think with Derrick Henry I think if you're you know you're trying to sell Derrick Henry this isn't the time to do it you know, uh, I have Derrick Henry. I, I traded for a bunch last season, kind of backfired, obviously. But people aren't people know the whole situation. He's 28 years old. He's coming off an injury. No one wants to bite and buy, pay up for that. The best thing to do is obviously wait until the season starts and hope that he can regain that form. And he, again, he was doing that at 27 years old. He actually was on a career year through the first eight games of the season, and he was only it's only a year ago. Uh, it was pretty crazy, and he was like on career pace for like his passing too. He was, I think he had, I think he's had like his best season was like you know like twenty eight targets. He had twenty through the first eight games. He was on pace to break that, and I, I think there's still opportunity. You know, I always mention some of the greats like Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, some of these guys who long lasted in the NFL. 
And they were able to put up 1,000-yard seasons at least a couple more times after the 827 season here. And this offense runs through Derrick Henry, uh, and I think he's someone who could still be an elite prospect. Not prospect, elite player. And if you have him on your team, you're just going to have to hold on to him and wait till the season starts. If you want to trade him then, go for it. If you're looking to acquire, I don't think, people are going to sell Derrick Henry for nothing. So you're kind of at a loss there. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, you just put your bid out there and hope that you could get him as I think he can still provide you with an elite top five finish in 2022. All right. So over to the next uh, star in this Tennessee offense here, and it's A.J. Brown, Jibs. And A.J. Brown, uh, you know, he's just, I mean, he's been pretty, he's been good. He's been really good. But the injuries has kind of kept him off the field the last few seasons now. And is he ever going to reach that elite level? I think we're going into last season. He was considered like a top five option, but in terms of dynasty, a top five dynasty wide receiver, but is he still a top five dynasty wide receiver or is he more of that top 10 kind of guy? You know, does he have that elite elite production in him? <laughs> I think he's got pushed down just a niche because I feel like with the, nah. No, he's top five. He's top five. Uh, okay. He's top five. Okay. Okay. I don't know. He's right there. It's just like the, the influx of wide receivers that have been incoming in this league have been just so fantastic over the last year. And like, I feel like there's so many of them, but like, he's got to nitpick about this guy situation versus that guy situation. And like, AJ Brown's going to be tied to Ryan Tannehill and whatever they do down there. But I just think he's still going to be viewed – like, I thought basically when Julio Jones came in there, it would kind of deter the situation and A.G. Brown would be kind of meh. But he he still showed that, like, even with Julio Jones on the field, whenever he was available and not leaving the game with a hamstring injury, that he could be a dominant force. We saw, like, in weeks – I think 16, he had a monster performance during the fantasy playoffs. I, I remember that one. And – um. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Like he's just gonna be tied to Brian Tannehill. If Brian Tannehill to have a better year next year, I think AJ Brown is gonna be dominant force because there's no one really much to be regarded in the he I mean the Texans passing offense besides him when they're not handed off to Henry. Agreed, agreed. For me, I mean, I think I have him just outside my top five. Six, I'd... seven, like yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, oh, we lost chips. The thing is, guys, like, the way I see it is that, like, is he going to put up a 1,400-yard, 10-touchdown season in him? Does he have that elite talent in him? He probably does, but does his situation offer that? I don't know. You know, him missing games due to injuries is definitely somewhat of a concern. You know, he had that bad knee injury, which I don't know if that's something that could linger throughout his career or shorten it at least. And does the offense really give A.J. Brown – you know, 150 plus targets each season moving forward consistently that he gets that 1,400 yards. The cool thing about A.J. Brown is he's 24 touchdowns over his first three seasons. That's eight touchdowns a season. That's pretty good. And we see him be at an elite level. I mean, three wide receiver one games, he has almost 400 yards. But then the rest of the games this past season, he has 400 yards through 10 games. Like, you can't have that. He's someone who can put up those giant games, but 
is he going to do it consistently enough? I, I'm not there, and that's why he's just outside my top five. But he's definitely a dynasty wide receiver I want to hold on to because he has those elite traits, but he's not a top five guy for me. I know, Jibs. I know, I know. But Boo. I call it like I see it, man. All right, so let's finish this thing up here today, and we got the last of our teams here, and it's Jacksonville Jaguars here. And, of course, we got to talk about their star quarterback here, Trevor Lawrence. First overall pick, didn't really have a great season. Could we throw that up to Urban Meyer? Maybe. But, Jibs, is, is Trevor Lawrence a QB you want in Dynasty? Is he someone like, i got to have Trevor Lawrence? That's not someone that you really want, but I think he'd be someone that you could go out and get. I think Doug Peterson probably could turn it around for him. We saw him work with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles back in Philadelphia. And those guys perform admirably, given the scenarios and whatnot. Carson Wentz was basically an MVP front runner for the one year. So I think even with the elite talent like Trevor Lawrence, I think he could get that situation all settled. I'm going to definitely chalk it up to Urban Meyer. And obviously, this situation in Jacksonville is, hasn't been good. They didn't have any um, – stabilization or nothing around them to kind of build with Trevor Lawrence, but they do have the number one pick again, so hopefully they can put some stuff in the cupboard and then get some supply for Trevor Lawrence and the defense, and then they could go out and um, be actually competitive football team moving forward. Like, I don't think they're going to go out and just be like a seven-win team out of nowhere, but I think building baby steps and maybe a five-win, four-team, four-win team could be respectable, but I think Trevor Lawrence has uh, – I think the situation is looking better than it was because it was a train wreck last year just because they just didn't really rely on him and they didn't want to lead on him. Right, and I think a train wreck is a somewhat of an understatement, honestly. I know our boy Perry at Unwrap, he just said, he, I still want Trevor Lawrence in Dynasty. Uh, well, if I had him, I would trade him to you, Perry. <laughs> For the first off, I mean, I think Jibs, I think I mentioned this early on. I think if we go back and listen to one of our episodes, I mentioned I'm not, I don't, I didn't believe that Trevor Lawrence was the generational type Andrew Luck talent here. I, I thought he was a good quarterback, but I didn't think he was a great quarterback. And, you know, I, I liked other quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, of course, above him. And what I saw this year, and I'm hoping it's, again, maybe it's just the Urban Meyer effect where it kind of ruined his first season. And hopefully he can kind of turn things around. I mean, his wide receivers didn't help him. He had 43 drops first bring first in the league here. You know, you have, you know, TJ Shark going down. You have Vicious Chenault playing, uh, you know, very mediocre. Marvin Jones wasn't himself. You know, you lose James Robinson, Travis Etienne. There wasn't a lot to work with there. So hopefully all these guys will come back for the most part and be healthy and maybe building some more weapons around. Getting more weapons around Trevor Lawrence will make him into that better quarterback. See, my concerns were that his deep ball game wasn't really that great. I didn't think he could really push the ball downfield. That he was real, kind of relied more on his, you know, his wide receivers and everything to really help him take that next step here. So for me, I'm not like I'm not wanting to go out there and say God have Trevor Lawrence on my team. Like there are a lot of I think there's about at least 12 quarterbacks I'd rather have over him currently right now than go get Trevor Lawrence. But again. We'll see what happens. Maybe he just – maybe it was the Urban Meyer thing. Maybe that's what caused it again. And we'll kind of have to go from there on that. I think uh, what old boy Perry said here, he said uh, uh, Zach Wilson is a QB next – is blank QB next year? Uh, maybe he's asking a question. Maybe. I don't know. Zach Wilson is a uh, top 15 quarterback next year, Perry. 
That's how I see it. Uh, but we'll see if the Jaguars situation gets any better. So, but there's some players we need to talk about from this team here, and it's it's this duo here, a wide receiver here, and this might be more of obviously their own individual dynasty takes. But you know, DJ Shark, great 2019, and then he hasn't really hasn't been to that level. Lavisha Chenault, everyone loved him going into this season here. Thought he was going to take the next step in his development, kind of shit the bet here. But which of these two wide receivers do you prefer moving forward? I want Shark. Why Shark? Well, it's, it's basically simple first, but um, I think with DJ Shark, like he already shown that he could be a force, I guess a proven commodity in the fantasy or dynasty format. And um, there's already been trade rumors speculating with DJ Shark. That was even like with the Ravens last year, right before the trade deadline. I know the Eagles are speculating on trying to get him as well. So I think he has more um, capital, and I think he could be in a new situation quicker than Lavishka Chenault. Therefore, I want DJ Shark over Lavishka Chenault primarily. Yeah, I'm I'm somewhat on the same boat here. I think Shark is still the uh, the wide receiver I would prefer. I mean, because Lavish is not leaving Jacksonville. Well, he's staying in Jacksonville. DJ Shark could move on. Now, if they both stay, I still probably want Shark. He was someone, like, for like three three and a half games, he had 22 targets early on in the season. That, that's pretty impressive. He was clearly their wide receiver one early on in this year. Lavish is Chenault, they just didn't use him right. And I don't remember if the Eagles had a guy they kind of used as a gadget play, you know, back in, in when he was with... Uh, Eagles, Doug Peterson. I don't know if he had a guy that kind of moved him around because that's what Levis Chenault should be used as. Kind of a guy who's used in the kind of like what Debo Samuels is for the 49ers. That's how Levis Chenault should be used, but he's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember from the Eagles time if there was a guy who was kind of a gadget guy. No, not necessarily. I know. Um, not really. Yeah, so I don't know if Doug Peterson will know how to use Levis Chenault, I think, in the way he really should be. He ran fewer carries this year. I mean, getting zero touchdowns, thats I feel like that's such a hard feat in the NFL, especially with all the passing nowadays. But for me... Oh, uh, oh sorry. No, go ahead. I was like, okay, well, another thing, like, why I'd rather have a Kirk over the Chenault is, like, Etienne will be back next year. I know we're about to get into them moving forward, but um, I think that just him being there, too, could just kind of force, like, I guess, he, he'll get favored more screen wins, I would think. And like some of that short yard work, and I think just the running capability probably would just be shot out of it. So he'll have to be proven as a wide receiver if he wants to be utilized in fantasy. I don't. I think about this gadget dream is going to be over. Right, and then that's a great point with Etn. And you're, we will talk about him in a minute there. That that, and I think that was my issue with Chanel this year was that Etn is there. He's going to be used in that role that Chanel is probably better suited for. So I'd rather take my chances on DJ Shark. I think you might be able to get both these guys for second-round picks at best, and I think I still I think I'd rather lean Shark on this one. So, all right. Last but not least of the night, guys, it's the running back duo here. Both Travis Etienne and James Robinson will be back on this team next year, but can these two commingle well enough that you that they're going to be decent fantasy options for your dynasty teams moving forward? Do you believe that, Chibs? I don't believe that. Like, I know Doug Peterson will probably want to utilize a multiple back system. And the new age, 
the new age NFL, this is all about just kind of utilizing multiple running backs. You really see these workhorse running backs like Derrick Henry anymore. So, um, and it's just going to be like the best scenario, best case scenario, it could be like a Kareem Hunt and like a Nick Chubb situation. But like, we even had scratch our heads on that one too, because like you also see like the guy that we want to get the, um, touchdown never happens so like i think it's just gonna be a headache i don't i really like don't get i think i'd rather have Etienne, obviously but um james robinson could be useful next year but i don't see it being like a really good situation well i went back and looked at the 2017 eagle super bowl roster here 17 yes sir Yes, and I'm looking back at the running back targets. It's very few in between for the season here. Very few in between. I think your highest one was Wendell Smallwood with 18 targets on the year. The window. Yes. So, will these guys be able to work together? I don't know. I think I think James Robinson is being very undervalued. So he he's been great the last two seasons. And I think, yes, Travis Etienne has his moments, but he's a pass-catching back. I, personally, I believe he's a pass-catching back. I, I don't think he's someone that I really want to have as a workhorse back. I, I'd honestly be selling off Etienne if I can. If someone believes in that value, I, I'd be selling off. But I think James Robinson is the one you want still. I think Doug Peterson likes that ground-and-pound type where James Robinson can kind of ground-and-pound up the middle of the field where Etienne, you know, he was, I feel like he was never, never that kind of guy. He was kind of that guy that could get to the outside and catch the ball at the backfield. And I think that will make both of them not anything better than low-end RB2s at best. Right, but I think if you're looking for somebody – oh, I lost my screen here. Um, well, it is what it is. Uh, I think Robinson is the one you want moving forward, but I don't believe both these guys can have high-end fantasy-relevant value here. What's going on, Kyle? Thanks for joining in, buddy. I think it's going to be either or, and I think James Robinson is the guy that will benefit the most with the Peterson hiring. So it's the way I kind of see it. So, All right, Jibs, I think that's going to wrap us up for the night. Uh, did you have anything else, man, you wanted to mention before we get going? Nah. Nah, you're done. Nah. <laughs> nah. I like it. Short I have so many technical difficulties. I think I just need to take the L today. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, um, guys, we really appreciate you for tuning in tonight, whether it's now, whether it's later, whether it's via our, you know, any social media streams like Spotify, iPad, whatever it is, you guys, uh, ColorCast, anything like that. We do appreciate you jumping in and tuning in for us tonight. Uh, that's that's really all, guys. Uh, honestly, uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. Uh, we will be having our website back up and running very soon. I finally found time and found a way to actually get it up and going. So we appreciate uh, if you once we get it up, if you check it out, uh, we have some cool things going on there. We're going to have a lot of rankings back up. We're going to have articles kicking out once again. We're going to have a couple cool things on there that you can tune in and kind of help you out. Do research on your fantasy teams and kind of see, you know, instead of you doing it yourself, come to the coaches and we'll help you out. We'll get you a game plan ready. So, uh, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. And tune in until next Monday. We'll be back talking the NFC, uh, AFC West next time. So thank you guys for listening. Tune in until next time, guys. Have a good one.